0: The old home pitch looks the same As I step out and start the train And there to meet me is my manager and chairman Down the wing I look and there runs Mary Boots of gold and kit so fair oh it's good To play on the green, green grassroots of home. Hello. This is the Green, Green Grassroots of Football podcast. Welcome to the first, possibly last episode. I'm Andy Glover, who, along with Mark Grinter, will be the regular host of what we uh, hope will be a regular or irregular, intermittent. And a one-off podcast about grassroots football focusing mainly on the youth aspects of girls and boys football. Each episode Mark and I will take a look at a current topic of conversation and add our tuppence worth whilst generally just chewing the fat over all things grassroots football. We may also be joined by guest presenters guaranteed to be as unknown as the two of us and we may also even expand our regular panel. A bit about us. We both manage teams at Five Club Juniors. I'm currently nearing the end of my third boys team, having started managing in 1994. Next year, my boys will be in their final youth year as under 16s. And I will also be managing our under eight girls, who have been training this year in preparation. And this will be my first time managing a girls team. I am also the club welfare officer and in the past have been chairman for a spell. Enough of my voice. I'll let Mark introduce himself.
1: Yeah, so I'm Mark. Um, I joined with Fries when my two boys with Andy's 13. So that was when they joined under sevens. Um, within six, seven months, Andy asked if we'd help, and I was helping coach with the boys and still doing that now. Like Andy said, the last season will be next year. Four years ago, my daughter, Immy, decided she'd like to play football. So we went to the Wildcats session, which is down at Fry's. And now I run her team, which is the Under Nine Girls. And I'm also head of girls football at Fry's Football Club, um, which I thoroughly enjoy. And it's a totally different experience to the boys. So my journey is a lot shorter than Andy's. So i I said, for eight years, but, you know, getting into it.
0: Right. Um, now a word from our sponsors. Yep, that was it. We have no sponsors at the moment, <laughs> so if anybody wants to uh, sponsor us, you'll get a little jingle or a little advert there and uh, we'd really, really appreciate it. And you can get in contact to it with us um, via the website that this is on. So, this first podcast, um, we're going to be discussing unexpected Behaviour at Grassroots Football. And if I can just read this, this is from the FA. So... Ahead of the new Grassroots Football season 2022-23, the FA has issued a statement calling to stamp out unacceptable behavior in Grassroots Football. And this is what it was. Football has a unique power to deliver amazing benefits to individuals and communities. Not only does it keep us physically and mentally healthy but it also builds long lasting friendships, teaches leadership and resilience and inspires the nation. However, for all that good that football can bring, sadly last season, at all levels of the game, there were too many examples of unacceptable behaviours that have the opposite impact. At grassroots level, these included swearing, aggressive shouting, and persistent arguing among spectators, players, and officials. It is only a small minority of people that act in this way, but these individuals can spoil the game for everyone, causing children and young people to not want to play, referees and volunteers to drop out, and spectators to stop supporting their team. As the Football Association, we are not going to stand by and allow this to happen. We will take action against those that spoil the game for others. For this coming season, we will promote our respect message to encourage the right behaviours, consider harsher sanctions for those behaving inappropriately, If necessary, we will continue to look at how we strengthen penalties and suspension periods so that we can effectively tackle behaviours that have no place in the game. Trial different initiatives to help encourage the right behaviours, including piloting two silent sidelines weekends. As a parent carer of a youth player, you have a big responsibility in setting the right standard of behaviour in grassroots football. We recognise the key role you play in maintaining a positive atmosphere before, during and after the game. Please play your part and let's make this season a brilliant one for all. Football deserves better. Enough is enough. So that was from the FA at the start of this season. So I suppose the first question that I think we have to ask ourselves is was that needed?
1: It's They said it's the minority which is becoming more and more relevant in incidences are increasing and they are getting worse Um, at the young age of the girl or the girls and the boys from 7s to 12s. It's from the parents. I think we saw in one of our games under 8s, under 9s when a parent came onto a pitch and confronted um, the under 9 player. And that could easily escalate, because then I think one of our parents came on to... And it's frightening for the children playing, obviously the refs. So it is... Something needs to be done, and maybe harsher sanctions to people who do get involved. How that's managed, I don't know. But, yeah, I do think it is... Something needs to change, otherwise somebody will get hurt.
0: So how do you then sort between... Teams who have an argument amongst themselves and get seen by an official and those people who are week in, week out causing referees to quit, players to quit through their aggressive behaviour and not being seen, not being caught.
1: I think it's down to the individual clubs. Um, We're aware on our sidelines if people behaviour you do know on a regular basis and if clubs allow that to happen... It's difficult for the leagues to monitor it because they're not there a lot of the time. So if if we had a parent in, say, Fry's, uh, at the moment, under 15 boys who was constantly given abuse, I think eventually you have to say they're not allowed to come. You know, all that child unfortunately isn't allowed to play if that carries on. Um, I think it's too much pressure to put on the refs who are there. So sometimes these are young individuals themselves. So the actual individual clubs are the ones that do need to start being a bit firmer and it's, they've got to be unfortunately I think you'll sometimes find with the ones who are more aggressive are necessarily potentially the better players as well or the parents of the better players and then you'll find the competitiveness we'll, we, we'll let this go this time we'll let it go
0: because the manager wants to win the game yeah yes
1: um and it's that line. And I think people have to, I mean, I'm probably have been more guilty. I think I'm quite calm and relaxed person. On a sideline, as I've known to be <laughs> sometimes close to the line and you're, you're embarrassed by your behavior. So it's t- learning that behavior and the children will learn from that behavior. Um, yeah, something does need to be done, whether sanctions need to be tougher. Bands need to be tougher because I do think somebody will get oh, well we've seen it in um, the Bristol Leagues already this year where they stopped all games for the under sixteens the year above where there was a nasty incident and somebody got really hurt and that is that is totally unacceptable
0: no Steve, there there was one there was one incident there where they basically used an iron fist to root out what basically you could have done with a scalpel because it was one incident and yet they smashed the entire age group. Yeah. And there was teams in there who might not have had one issue their entire age yeah. career from under sevens right to under 16s. There could have been many, many teams who had never once caused an issue and yet that weekend they were banned.
1: So, yeah, it is difficult but I think to, to punish—I don't. how does the league deal with it? I mean, you could just punish say the individual team that was involved or the individual person that's involved but then it will happen and to a certain degree I think even we've known within Fry's certain age groups there have been fights on the pitches this year with uh, and stuff like that and I think they have to get a message across that it is unacceptable I mean I think it wasn't was it Liverpool as well they cancelled all their games yeah the whole
0: the whole, the, the whole FA yeah.
1: and Liverpool cancelled all their games yes Um, and it's as a warning it's frustrating for teams and again it's unfortunate it's the minority ruining it for the majority Mm. I said I would imagine in grassroots football certainly in the the Bristol area 95 to 99% of people behave themselves parents behave themselves most of the children behave themselves but the incidences are creeping up bit by bit um and it's difficult. And it, it can be intimidating for people. As I said, the kids will follow parents' guides and coaches' guides. So as it gets older, it is the kids that get involved. Um,
0: so I go back to my, my previous team, my very first team, actually. And there was, there was a team. I think we were under 10th at the time. And um, everyone had played everyone had played them the the started playing and after four games it was a a situation where it was like this team are gone and the league just threw the league the league sorry the league just threw them yeah it was like they were just gone they were causing so much trouble that the league decided to get rid of them
1: i think that's good and i think people can't you can't be scared to report incidents I think a lot of the incidents happen on the day, um, for whatever reasons, managers, opposition uh, refs and opposition managers don't report it in. I think you do have to report it in. I think we, I, I know somebody who's, again, I think he's managing an under 10s boys team and they've got got—they've got a team they played earlier in the season and the, co- the, the opposition coaches had a swearing at the people I work with and um, the parents were swearing amongst each and it was awful they've got them in a cup competition and he's them and an arm we probably won't play on. and I said have you reported it to the league? he goes well no because it's our word against theirs but as I try to get to him well if you do it and if they, another team that plays them does it as well eventually the league will know about it it's Extremely hard. People can't be afraid to report things. To no. things we
0: so have. Much. I mean, we as a club have done this before, and we've actually requested club um, league officials be there, and they have done that. League officials have come along. They've watched the game, and it has. Uh, uh, they have warned the opposition they'll be there, but at least it has made one the league aware the opposition like that, and two it has allowed the game at least to be a normalised match yeah. for everyone playing. It shouldn't have to happen. No. Um, and like I said, the, the, the team that we had as, as under tens which is, like I said, going back a long, long time, um, they were thrown out. That was it. They were just gone. All their results were expunged. And they were gone. And perhaps that's the way.
1: I think it has to be. I think you, it has to be tougher. The, I mean, but again, it comes from, certainly for the children, what they see, on the, on the telly on the weekend how people behave well this was
0: the thing I was going to raise is it Premier League role models
1: yeah I think for I mean I'm personally a big Liverpool fan but I've seen Klopp shout and all sorts of referees and get in their faces well if you see that if you're a Liverpool fan or whoever doing that and certainly the players when they go round the refs they will copy it
0: but it's not just the manager you you pan around the stadium and all the the fans are shouting at at any player who goes across to take a throw in the fans Mm -hmm. are shouting at them you have the manager shouting at the referee the fourth official you have the players surrounding the referee I remember uh, Middlesbrough played Manchester United and Juninho there's a name from the past was I think he either he was he was fouled or he was yeah he was fouled for a penalty, and it was either going to be the equaliser or the winner for Middlesbrough in the dying minutes, and the referee ran backwards for about 30 seconds with four Manchester United players chasing him around yeah. the pitch. Now my thoughts at the time is why is he not going yellow cards yellow cards yellow cards yellow cards just stopping his stopping his tracks go yellow cards all round and it's done, but they don't. I mean this they don't stop it I mean that's just one example but they just surround them and it's that's been ever that's been before then it's ever since now and even um, Arsenal Man City played uh, it was last night and the commentary then was I don't like seeing the I I, I can't rule it was the Arsenal or Man City but whichever one it was surrounding surrounding the ref every decision
1: I think a lot of them do it on most they said it's in most games and I think and I've refed a few games this year and I can all guarantee that every decision you make is questioned
0: mm.
1: by everybody, even if it's as clear as day, they question it and my, I said my lad refed over the weekend and the opposition managers come off and he said at the end he was the best ref that they've had all season, spoke to the Fries manager after, there was a few questionable decisions there
0: and it was so...
1: They were all pleasant enough with him. I think, hopefully, because I, you know, he was known within the club. But I, you're, it's argumentative. And football is a game of opinions. And it's mm. checking that in motion. And if they can't do it in the Premier League, can't do it in the Championship, people will copy. Like you said, when you go to a game, all you get, but a lot of the time, is the ref gets abuse. So whether they come to the sidelines... And it is... It's, solid refs getting abuse i
0: mean we slight, going to divulge like i'm gonna divulge slightly here but the, my advice there you know uh, from experience i again i've been refereeing for 20 years and because i've done it so long i would be like any abuse i hear it's yellow card straight away what
1: would you do with the spectators is that down to the ref or the or the club So obviously, as a ref, because we've just done the course, and they said if anything's on the sidelines, as a ref, you don't have that control. You can't give that, you know, the control is if a spectator's given. So if you can go and speak to the uh, the the manager, manager, and they've got to go and deal with it.
0: Yeah, see the manager and get them to deal with it.
1: So our managers strong enough to deal with that?
0: Oh, the home manager,
1: Yeah. yeah. But in you know in some cases. But in terms of that. in
0: terms of a, I'm talking in terms of uh, abuse from from players or from from managers certainly, booking, I would yeah. be booking them and because I mean another example I've I, I got so many little nuggets yeah. of examples and I apologise now, um, I can remember again my first team, under 14s, us and Stapleton are going for the league. It's only us and them. It's early on in the season, but at that point. it's Game seven or eight, and it was already clear we were the two teams, and we're four one up with about twenty minutes to go and their ref their manager is just going nuts on the line he's criticizing everything, but what he's criticizing is his own players he is just browbeating them for everything they do and i'm I'm honest, I mean, I felt sorry for the boys, but we're loving the way it's going. And the referee um, was strong enough to walk over and said, I've had enough of you. And he showed him the card and sent him off. And he was sent away from the pitch into the car park. He had to stand and watch it from about 50 metres away where he could no longer influence the game. And in the final 15 minutes, we went from 4-1 up to 4-3 up and we (laughs) we clung on to the game. Because without him there giving them such grief, they actually played like the team they were. So it's an you know it, it it actually benefited the children not to have that grief and abuse thrown out and it, so it's a perfect example of of why you need and actually that kind <laughs> well, of leads us on to Silent Weekend. Silent weekend.
1: <laughs> now I said you got with that obviously with that example. Oh,
0: now Silent Weekend. I now isn't. you and I we we both bad. got our very strong opinions on Silent Weekend. Now in fairness, the new one. Now first of all, for those who don't know, Silent Weekend silent weekend is an initiative by the fa where everyone shuts up and all you're allowed to do is for anything good or bad is clap i mean it's quite literally that the the managers they give direction at the start of the match to the players and they crack on and the next time you talk to your players is half time and at the end of the game and everyone else watching has to stand there And anything good or bad, they clap. And that's it. That's Silent Weekend in a nutshell. Now, we've done this twice. twice. Um, The first one was an unmitigated disaster. (laughs) It
1: was shocking.
0: But we were a lot younger then. Our players needed a lot of verbal direction. And without them getting it, they just weren't able to cope. Um, I, I think I missed the second one, which was actually, was it this season? The
1: second one was this
0: season. This season, and I, I did miss that. um, um yeah,
1: and, and again.
0: Oh, we drew, didn't we? We drew. We drew.
1: We drew. And so it was just the coaches, but we weren't allowed to say anything. But I would say, even at this age, they just need a bit of help now and again. That yeah, is this
0: is it. I mean, the first silent weekend, our boys were, were they under 10s? Yeah. Now they're under 15s. And they, still. they were better, but they, they still, still struggled. Um, but the, this new, they're doing a second silent weekend. But the difference is this time, they are allowing the coaches, coaches. to give direction. Yeah. Which I think will be better.
1: I think it's a lot better. That so that, be that better.
0: allows when good or bad things, the spectators clap. Yeah. And, the, and the and the managers and coaches are given direction, which in which if you go to an academy and watch is exactly how it is, happens. The parents yeah. have to stand there, be quiet, and the coaches give direction.
1: Yeah,
0: and do you know what? I think that would be absolutely I fine. Be, I have I no issue be with that whatsoever. I think
1: it'll be better.
0: It's just whether the parents can keep quiet.
1: It's whether they, can, and it takes away the thing for grassroots football. One of the main things I think is being part of a team: success, failure. So I get this week... Is it this weekend? I think it's this... Uh, on the 25th, 26th of February. There will be a young boy, a young girl, will score their first ever goal. They've tried for X amount of times. And all it'll be will be a nice little...
0: Round of applause.
1: And it. and and that will take away something for that child. Mm. Um, I get... So, in that sense, I thought... I. I still struggle with it a bit. I think it should just be a positive, as far as just positive, how you manage it is difficult. So, you know, if somebody does score goals, they can all celebrate. There's moments you can see on YouTube when a child has scored their first goal and they go running over to mum and mum or dad is going absolutely nuts. Well, that will all be taken away that weekend. Mm. Um, Yes, it would be fantastic that the refs don't get abused. It'd be certain, like like the example you gave because again, I'm, I've seen coaches and potentially I can be guilty myself. at sometimes times of just constantly telling them what to do and not giving the child time to work it out. And obviously, with parents, you can. Some we've got. We, <laughs> yeah, we've got a parent on one of the teams that I manage. We'll te- we're trying to make them to pass and move or we'll pass, and you can hear him shouting to his child
0: do something else yeah yeah i mean we all we all know a parent who's done that don't we know
1: that so so that in that sense it'll be good and i said the main thing is that the refs won't get any abuse and that is good i mean unfortunately which is fine but you can still guarantee those weekends in the older age groups probably from under 13s under 12s upwards the refs will still get it from the players.
0: Well, not just that, there'll be many teams who don't do it. Oh there'll be, yeah. Because I can remember when we did it the first time, I know it was it wasn't mandated, no. but they were saying please can everyone do this and we could clearly hear on other pitches just shouting and yeah. and even the the one this year, I know of at least one manager in our club who said, Well, I'm not doing that.
1: Yeah. And the team we played for the under fifteens when he went there, the way they got around it was it was silent weekend apart from the players. So their coach, because he had subs, was just passing instructions to the subs and they were shouting to what to do. And we were, well, hang on a minute, was going on here? But that, that was, so people, again, will find ways around it. Um, and it's, it, so I think it's, I, they've, the league's got, the FA has got to do something because it, it is totally unacceptable. And again, and people do take it too seriously. Um, punishments need to be. And again, I don't know how you monitor it, but punishments do need to be hard. I think clubs need to come down on you know grassroots clubs needs to come down.
0: Now you say referees will be protected
1: a little bit more. Yeah. Um,
0: that brings on I think a good one to referees. Now we're we're part of the Avon Youth League. Um. Now in the morning it tends to be okay because many years ago they moved everyone from under 14 and below to morning football to allow the 15 and 16 year olds to be able to referee in the morning which is what your your boys are doing which is really good and a number of our players do that and it earns them some money and they play in the afternoon but where it suffers is the under 15s and under 16s now this year there are I think it's 8 divisions across the under 15 and under 16 age groups I think it's something like um 80 84 teams so 42 matches every weekend and at the start of the season there were 12 referees allocated and those 12 are not always available which means generally there's at least 30 matches every single week or at least 30 matches every single week just in the avon youth league without a qualified referee which requires you know a a home ref basically do it what what can be done about that i mean because we we know what let's go in we'll give a bit of context we we knew that the weekend for training referees was coming up and so we said well we have a game but we've got five players who are doing this course so please can we move that game and the league refused to do it their their view was we've got enough referees who do the younger games, we want referees who do older games, so we're not going to let you move the game. And our response was, but they'll grow up to be referees who do the older yeah. matches, and they still said no, which uh, brings me to wonder how seriously they actually want referees, because they they have to consider that, some of these younger boys will go on and referee Eventually, you know, should yeah. go on and referee at an older age group
1: it's now. it's narrow thinking they just uh, it's up again the leagues they are trying
0: but how do you encourage older oh, one of the ways to encourage older referees is finances because if you yeah. if we're getting a referee i mean if there's 12 referees for 42 games then on average, most teams are paying out for a referee one in four games. Well, yeah. if referees for the Avon youth league are thirty-five pounds, if you were paying out every single week, then you know that's one hundred and forty pounds a month. Yeah. Well, if you're getting one, one it's a month, imagine yeah. if you paid. Them, I'm not saying I'm not advocating paying them one hundred and forty pounds a month, but if you were saying paying fifty quid or sixty quid, but at least getting a ref every other week because there was more of them like, you know you, if you paid more yes you, you know you'd be more perhaps more chance of getting the referee
1: yeah you, if, but again i think a lot of it is because the abuse that they do get and this is where potentially the silent needs to come in or something needs to change with people's attitudes i think because it is horrible i mean i've said you've left games i've left couple of the boys under fifteen.
0: well it's interesting though you say I've ref games I, I truly do not hear what's being shouted at me I've, I've had the players moaning at me that other players are saying things and I'm not, I'm not even hearing it yeah. so there's no way I hear what, <laughs> what, what what's being mean? shouted at the sideline yeah, I, mean, yeah, so I think but I honestly think I, I hear these stories and I read the stories on on the various social media channels about referees quitting because of abuse and a lot of it has come after the match, they were abused. Used. And after the match, the referee, yeah. the manager said this to them. So it does seem to be a lot of it is after match. Whereas me, yourself, me, we tend to referee our home games yeah. where the opposition aren't going to walk up to us and no. abuse us. No. Because I mean, we're the home we're, managers as well. So we're, we're kind we're of we're in a bit of a one. safe position, safe aren't we? I, I said it, and
1: it's never too bad. And I think, unfortunately, I mean, I suppose the thing for you because you've done it a lot longer is is it worse now than it was with your first team in what you've seen
0: uh, it, it's, it's harder to say because I, back in when I had my first team we, we always had refs okay. there were that many referees that under 15s under 16s and then we were, we had under 14s in the afternoon as well we have, we had referees
1: so for whatever reason they are dwindling is it refs? are refs put out? Because it's now in the public eye. When there is an incident with a ref, it's all over social media. It's all over the news. Things on websites on. Be- and like I said, I think there was something even this week that. Um, well, it discourages them from becoming yeah. ref. Well, do you know what there is a? If, I mean, do like, you know what
0: I, I? I like we completely get away from football here. There is um, there is a study that shows that um. Children are more safe than they have ever been in in like sort of history yeah. as it were in terms of being abducted or those sort of things, yeah. and yet they are roaming less and less from their home they are, their their circle of roaming from their houses are closer and closer than it's ever been as well, yeah. and when I talk to people about this, they say no that's not true it's more dangerous it's more dangerous. And I, I believe, I may be wrong, I believe a lot of that is because you have 24-hour rolling news yeah. and social media that when something does happen, it's everywhere. It's yeah. all over the news. And so, yeah, that exact thing, that when something happens to a referee, it's everywhere. And you it's all violent. see it. And it's like, oh, my God, that must be happening on every pitch. Yeah. When actually it's not happening on every pitch. Yeah. I'm not saying there's no problems. There is a problem. But I think because we have to have this constant news cycle and because social media, everyone shares it, you see it and it's like a feedback loop where you see it, you share it, someone else sees it and they think, oh, that must be true. And then they share it back to you and they share it back and it goes on and on. And so you think it, it it becomes more exponentially shared. And everyone thinks it's a massive problem
1: and it might not be yeah it? and
0: it yeah. might not be as bad it may be no worse than it was 20 years ago
1: well i think generally what i you know, you've heard moaning and the odd bit of swearing um and stuff but what it said was that the same as it was 20 years ago probably was but it's just the highlighted incidences get more prevalence and like agree i think certainly with the 24-hour news it's um they've got to fill it up with something so if something happens that they can say you know a referee was attacked well that's x amount. but again i think certain parents and stuff will say well hang on a minute i don't want my son or daughter ref in because look what happened to that lad or girl in manchester in london in Mm. But that could be yeah one some
0: ref- referees are attacked and when a ref is attacked it's it's, it's all huge. over the news isn't it yeah and the FA are forced to do something in response and so oh this is because of that the attack and then it's suddenly yeah. it's a big thing now one of the things they they have brought in in response to referee and abuse is respect barriers Yeah. do you think they work I mean they certainly keep people back from the sidelines in terms of Allowing the linesman to see the line.
1: Uh, what, what I've what I've seen, I said again with the girls' football. Yeah, it has, has yeah. It keeps them back, but it does
0: it make them more respectful? It, it keeps it keeps, it keeps, them, keeps, them, it keeps them it keeps them it keeps them three yards, yeah, four yards, bar, five yeah. yards back from the pitch. It allows the linesman to run the line better. But a lot of teams you go and you say, right, parents are that side. And there's always one or two parents <laughs> who think it, yeah. doesn't blo- it doesn't actually be. <laughs> and then you always get to so stand behind the goals. And so they stand yeah. behind the goals, exactly. Because, oh, my boy's the goalie, so I need to give him some advice. Some advice. advice. Oh, hold and that on. can be
1: quite intimidating. Certainly for the youngsters, it can be intimidating. But in
0: terms of actual respect.
1: No. Well, again. Has it
0: stopped them no. giving abuse, shouting at them? No.
1: I mean, I think 90. I said 95% 90, are, are respectful um, you will always and but you must have had it all through time unfortunately you get idiots yes I mean I again this season less I was reffing an uh, under nine girls game and this one bloke was just shouting know, anything he didn't like whatever and eventually the ball was kicked and it hit um, this girl in the face one of the opposition in the face so I blew up stop the game and he was going what well, have you done that for Israel you are why have we stopped the game and I said well, and I said to him look this girl has been it I just want to make sure she's okay the first thing is safeguarding this girl and it ended up being his daughter <laughs> so and and, and I was like, well and he, he, he went off then I think he'd, he'd Was embarrassed that I was more concerned about his daughter than he was. was. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you will always get idiots, and I think there's a lack that a they don't know the rule, and that's that's the safeguard Yeah, they don't know the laws of the game, Game. do they? No, no. And so they they will then just get into a heated thing, and um, they take it far too. Yeah, you you, you can take it far too seriously. Um, It's a combination of copying, but I don't know if it's worse as I said when I from when even oh, the boys eight years ago when I started with the twin boys how I see it with the girls football now it's virtually the same now whether it's m- more calm because it's girls football I don't know um, certainly with the players and stuff at the moment it seems a lot more relaxed but they are only under nines but all the way through the girls it seems a lot more friendlier um, it I think potentially you said it has to be more reported, it's the only way.
0: That's what I was gonna to come to next actually, yeah. In terms of certainly the, the players and the coaches or the managerial team, the referee certainly has that ability to go yellow card, red card. Yeah. But I've known, I know certainly lots of them don't want the paperwork. So it's like, yeah, red card, red card, and they'll do it to shut them up, and it just keeps the game quieter. Somebody's giving them grief. Off you go, yeah. And then it's and what happens is the manager will go up to the referee and go, Oh, you're not, you're not not putting that red card, are are you? In in, really, he's a good lad, really, or she's she's a good girl. You won't put it in, and oh no, we even had it at a tournament, didn't we? Um, And and one of our players actually called a referee a paedophile. Yes. And yet, all he had to do was go and apologise. Yeah, and he didn't report him. No, nope. and I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm one who believes that all red cards should be reported, all yeah. red cards should be sent in. I mean, to give you an example, I I did one year um, when my second team actually we've gone to the afternoon playing, and for one year I was like, I'll do some refereeing in the Hannah Minor League, which is the that's the one we, we're even youth league, but Hannah Minor League is the younger ones. And I refereed essentially the under-10s. And in that year, I sent three players off. These are nine-year-olds. Yep. And it was all for the same one word. It begins with F. I'll let you fill in the blanks. Um, but there was one game that always stands out in my mind. The, the game's in, flowing along, and the manager shouts at this one player. And he turns to the manager, ''What am I supposed <laughs> to in do?'' <laughs> and I blew the whistle stopped the game called the lad over said you know you know what you did what's your name you know what you shouted don't you <laughs> showed him the red card he jumped up and down stamping his feet started crying and ran off <laughs> I felt a little bit guilty but not fully yeah. because I'm sorry I'm <laughs> not having foul and you know. abusive language yeah. from a nine year old on a pitch um, and then the manager's like oh come on ref what, what, what's that for it wasn't that bad and I was like you're serious, aren't you? Yeah. And then after the game, i go over and it's only the boy stood with the manager saying, Dad? Yeah. And I'm like, you're serious? Because uh, if my son oh. swore at me like that as a nine-year-old, I wouldn't give the referee time to send him no. off. It'd be like, you, off. You're in big trouble. So,
1: I mean,
0: you I, know, but...
1: I suppose, I mean, obviously, that's the coach's son and stuff. But as a coach and a man how...
0: But the referees what, have to report where, them where for a start. We, yeah. I, I sent all three of those in. Yeah. I guaranteed. And we had um a player yellow carded yeah. only a few weeks ago. We've yeah. we've already I know that referee. He's a very, very good referee. He's we've already good. had the fine through. Yeah. So we know that. And we had a county cup game earlier in the season and we had a red card. Yeah. The ref didn't see the incident which started it, which is unfortunate, no. but he saw the reaction from our player. Red carded him, which is absolutely yeah. fine because he saw, he gave what he saw, but we had to find through and he had a ban. And that's what it should be because if, you, if you're if you going to give a card, and I was always told this on my refereeing course, yeah. if you're going to give the card, you then follow. you have to follow through because otherwise players will not learn whether they are under sevens or under 18s, and under 21s, whatever. And that's that way at least you will stamp down on bad behaviour. Yeah. And it has to also apply... To the manager or your coaching team, yeah, you have to now. Obviously, the spectators—it's a lot harder because you have to tell them they have to control it. But I think I—I'd have to double-check this. So, please, listeners, do not quote me on this. There was some form of control where you—I was—I may be wrong here—that you could argue for abandonment if they were failing to control.
1: their yeah, I'm sure there is that.
0: And then the, cl- the club are actually in trouble, trouble. for failing to control okay. these supporters. Oh. You can call for that. You can actually say, I'm abandoning this match because of. And, yeah. and then I mean, the club was, are, in control, are in in big, I big mean, trouble was, with the county. So, I mean, and so there's that level. But whether a 14-year-old boy in his third or fourth game might, would have the, the, the strength to do that is he wouldn't. Um, it, yeah, wouldn't.
1: I, I, I couldn't imagine. My, my boys have said they, they've just started their raffin journey they would just suck it and see. Mm. Um, And this is where clubs, managers and coaches, especially if you've got a youth ref, you've got to be stronger with them. I mean, my own personal feeling is if we had a parent of a younger team or a player of an older team was abusive to a ref or certainly threatening or behavior or violent behavior, You'd give well, I, my own personal feeling as I think is one striking you out. Certainly, if you've gone and been violent for no reason mm. or anything like that, they, they, and clubs have to be strong and say, Look, certainly with violence, one strike you out. If you're, you know, abusive, you're, if you're using all sorts of language at a person, it's pretty much you mm. might potentially give them one warning, second time. You're out of a club, and I think then, what the leagues FA should do. There should be a list you can go in. Tom Smith has been abusive and stuff, so he's been banned from this club.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: Um, and then that league will then say, well, Tom Smith then cannot play for any team or anything for that grassroots football. Same as they do with banning orders in Premier Leagues and football. You know, you misbehave at that club, you get a banning order. Yeah. Well, if somebody's abusive and stuff in the Avon Youth League, the Bristol Girls League, whatever league it is, well, you get a banning order. Now, it can be for a year, two years, three years. And as long as every club then stuck to it, eventually, hopefully it would, enough people would get banned. It might be stricter. I think it would take a long time. It's certainly not a 24 hour fix. But that, I think, is potentially the only way you will start stamping things out. Or one of the ways hopefully
0: but- you say about parents because one of the big problems we have is a lot of the parents are living their careers through their children yes. and that's why they give a lot of the uh, the, the abuse and bad behavior is because when their children aren't doing it sometimes it's actually aimed at the children sometimes it's at the coaches I mean yes. do you get abuse as a coach from your own parents or from the <laughs> opposition parent I mean I've, I I've had it I've had it in jest from my own parents. I've had it in in, in 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 truth from my own parents when um, players have left. Um, but no not, game, no, not during a I've game, not a game. I've know. never had
1: anything during a game. You get the odd thing on an evening moaning about, but yeah, just general moaning. I,
0: I, Which has a volunteer who does this, gives it their time freely. Yeah and puts hours and hours in. You must love getting like I uh, do.
1: Look, I mean, some I've had a couple of Sunday nights where it's been three or four hours. <laughs> and you, uh, and we might have even won the game as well. And you think, oh, this is just... it's. Um, but I don't, nobody's been abusive. I've never had a parent be abusive yet. I said, I'm very early on, the so I'm sure it's going to come. Because um, you can't please them all, all the time. And you're right, they, they do live their lives or their you know through their their careers and they sometimes think that their child is better you know and it's the balance we have many of those (laughs) and it is the balance of guessing things right i mean obviously the fa rules you know each child should play so much minutes a lot of teams don't do that fairly don't do that equally um and so it's different attitudes but hopefully then the, the parent will find the right club for their child i think it fries generally we're not win at all costs, it is to be equal and stuff. There are some clubs who are win at all costs, and eventually, I think the parents find the club that's right for them. Mm. Um,
0: it's interesting you say that because you find that those clubs tend to be the ones who are linked to adults' clubs who are sort of what to well, usually the Western League, but that's those that sort of tool station yeah. standard that's where the adult teams are, whereas we we're not we're not that sort of no. level so yeah no, and is it is it is it that is it because at a grassroots level where the children's teams are part of clubs who've got adults in a yeah. pushing for pro, not um, professional but trying to get the semi-professional level and so the pressure is on because i know we could we're not going to name other clubs we know certain clubs i mean our, our one club i know they had uh, as under, it was I think it was an under fourteen year, and this is not 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 our not our yeah. age group. We're going back to a previous team, and we we were we we played we played their A team, and then we heard that their B team had folded. And I I asked what happened to their B team. I knew they had enough players, and he and the manager said that the club had decided they weren't going to be good enough to give any players to their first team ultimately, because they weren't they were nowhere near the standard. And so they weren't going to make any money for the club, so there's just a drain on their resources. So all the boys shocking. were told, find other other play, other clubs. So 15, 16 boys were suddenly told, your team are no longer part of this club because you're you're not, you, not going to be good enough for our first team. anyway it's, you know, because you're under under yeah. 14s now, we can see you're not going to be good enough. You're a drain on our resources, so goodbye. That's and, shocking. Uh, and that uh, that was their response.
1: And it is, yeah. it's, it's it's absolutely.
0: Whereas we as a club would find an under 15 team, say, yeah. who, who are saying we need a club, we're like, yeah, come come play under our name.
1: and um, Don't turn away anybody. Anybody's welcome to come, anybody's welcome to train.
0: And that's the difference, I think, between a real community club
1: yeah.
0: and a club who say they're a community club, but whose actual business model is to get their first team, adult first team, as high as, as, as they, they possibly can. can. And I think that's where a lot of the unacceptable behaviour is possibly driven by because it, the pressure is on yeah. to get players into that first team.
1: And I suppose when you, you are going on the same sort of thing, a lot of the unacceptable behaviour is, like you said with that coach earlier, who was when the team's four, down four, three, is parents putting on unacceptable behaviour on their own children, mm. where they put them under so much pressure, so much, and again, as a lot of the language, I see it heard, or... Yeah, um, aggressive nature in their tone is that their own child um, where they are living and it's unrealistic things I think the, again I'm not 100% sure but I think out of all every child doing grassroots football the percent chances of any of them making it into the professional game is like 0.02% mm, yeah. it's so ridiculous it's unrealistic it's not going to happen and grassroots football should be about learning to work in a team, striving, winning, losing, drawing. You know, a team, if you win every week, you, you're not you teaching stuff, you've got to win, lose and draw. In life, in jobs, when you get older, you are going to get a manager who you make a decision or there's something happens, which A, you don't agree with, and you've got to suck it and see, otherwise you'll be fired and stuff. And this is what the football at this level, grassroots and youth, should all be about. And I think a lot of people, gets so engrossed in it that that takes it away from it i mean i've been guilty of it myself certainly when you get to a cup quarterfinal or a cup semi-final you get oh hang on a minute but when you then take a step back and i think potentially people have got to take a step back there's got to be more education on it rather than we're going to do a silent weekend and stop it you've got to educate people maybe clubs should have or the fa come into clubs and say this is what you know it's what, like education yeah. weekends and call the parents in yeah. and we'll have
0: an educational weekend and that yeah. sort of thing yeah
1: and so really you know the benefit like I said the benefits I think for football and the community what I said one of my children um is autistic football is a, a godsend for him mm. if it wasn't for football I don't know where he'd be and it's to be so part of that community and be part of a club is so important and he said, it does bring out so much good in um everything and football does and it's a bit of education for the minority and sometimes you just need somebody they're not bad people just to go and have a quiet word and they're probably be embarrassed for themselves yeah um, a
0: lot were well, a lot of people are reasonable once they get once they walk away and you start yeah. chatting to them they're quite reasonable it's just that heat of the moment
1: yeah
0: want to win
1: and then I mean the, 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 there's a manager that we play I would say when when, when we're playing he's a an idiot mm. once you go and have a drink or something with him afterwards or you you meet him in the shop he's the nicest place you could possibly meet on the touchline can be a numpty to be polite but you know and so but I, he would never I don't believe would cross the line um, so there is the you know there is banter you've got you've got to take a certain amount you know ref and so you know they're, they're acceptable there, there, there's lines and I generally think probably the line gets crossed less than people realize yeah I think the majority of the time and you think all oh, that's close to it but it doesn't go across that much um, it's just education I think education is key for a lot of people on it um, the majority of grassroots games I would say this Saturday and Sunday the games that are played 95, 97% of games will go off without no incidents hundreds of thousands of kids will play football this weekend they'll even be part of a team win, lose or draw unfortunately if there there will be half a dozen to ten incidents it's probably throughout the whole country and you'll hear about them
0: yeah and because of it something will have to be done yeah and it'd be five silent weekends next year yeah. uh, I mean, and everyone must do silent. this new yeah. course and
1: and it's you have got to step back and be a bit realistic with it um because it is unfortunately like i said 12 14 referees for 80 40 odd games it's bit by bit it is destroying the game mm. and unfortunately what you'll find as they get older and compared to the ones who have been competitive where you are getting more incidents certainly for under 15, under 16 games with potential for more incidents, is, you know, it'll you're a your home ref. Yeah. Um, I haven't, unfortunately, I'm now getting into the habit, um, not being a home ref, you're almost the away ref, so you think you've got to even a decision out?
0: Yes. I have been guilty of that as well, looking to go, oh, I shouldn't give that because I'll look like a home ref if I do that. Yeah. Yes. Um, which you shouldn't do you should just no. be completely unbiased and
1: that's why there should be the ref so I think what they need to do is again on social media on the reporting is have a more ba- there could should be a more balanced approach that they should say 95 out of 98 games 96 went without any trouble
0: ok so we'll wrap up here it's been a pretty good discussion um, over the coming episodes, uh, what we're looking to get into and discuss, coming up with some of the ideas, um, common challenges for grassroots coaches, uh, the standards of grassroots coaching. Well, <laughs> let's, not, let's not look at ours. <laughs> no. um, the issues that referees face. We, we got into it a bit of it tonight, but sort of wider issues as well has girls grassroots progressed since the lionesses won the euro finals uh the cost of grassroots football we'll look at can grassroots reclaim football i think you know in terms of has it got too professional and can grassroots reclaim that when is the best time of year to play i mean looking at the recent flooding that we face, is it is there a better time to play We'll look at starting a woman's team to support your player pathway, and we'll look at holding a youth football tournament um, That's what that's all hopeful upcoming episodes as long as this one is successful. <laughs> um, on that note, I'd like to thank Mark for joining me thank you and uh, I hope you the listener have enjoyed this. If you do, like and subscribe to your whichever podcast channel you listen on. And we'll follow us up in the future with, with more podcasts. You'll listen listening to Andy and Mark on the, the green, green grassroots of football. And this is us signing off. So good night for me. and, and
1: yeah, Good night. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you very much. We'll see you again. Yeah. Down the wing I look, and there runs Mary, boots of gold, and kit. So fair, oh, it's good to play on the green, green grass roots of home. You've been listening to a We Haven't Got a Clue What We're Doing production, produced and edited by Andy Glover.